What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 21 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your Canadian host, Mr. Leroy Luna, coming at you straight out of the closet with another tale from up north, eh? This one is interesting, and while it does cover criminal activity, it doesn't give us much street cred over here. The perpetrator is a little loony, and I'm not talking about our Canadian dollar, but he's also kind of nice and peaceful. Canada is a place where we're known to be overly polite, always drinking our Tim Hortons coffee, eh? And saying sorry to each other. You ever heard of a Canadian standoff? Well, according to Urban Dictionary, it occurs when two individuals cross paths and each politely suggests that the other may go first. For example, a couple people are attempting to go through a doorway at the same time. The man stops and goes, oh, sorry. The woman says, it's okay, go ahead. The man goes, no, after you. And the woman goes, oh, no, I insist. And finally, one of them says, thank you, and goes through the door. Unfortunately, this isn't just a myth. I can't keep track of how many times that's happened to me in the past. Only I would go back and forth with a person like five times. We'd dance with each other a bit. Say, oh, go ahead, eh? Then finally, we would both end up going at the same time and bump into each other. Extremely awkward. Now I don't do it anymore. I'm just an aggressive dick and I go first. Saves me a lot of time and hassle. Anyways, let's have a hearty chuckle before we get started here. I'm falling behind on these cheesy jokes you guys have been sending me, so I'll throw two of them at you. These both came along with five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Please keep hitting me up with those if you can. It only takes a minute and it really helps legitimize the show. It also puts a smile on my face when I read it on the toilet. That's the actual reason I want them. Let's be real here. Okay, the first one comes from Giant Meat Hog from the USA. (laughs) 
Love the name, by the way. Real classy. And they say, what's a kidnapper's favorite shoes? White Vans, of course. You know that's true. Okay, and the next one comes from Lori Joe 87 also from the U.S. of A. And they say, what did the football coach say to the vending machine? I want my quarterback. <laughs> oh. oh boy. Not sure how I'm going to follow up these jokes. It's going to be tough. All right, buckle up, folks, and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime. Don't worry, my friends. I promise when we're done here, I'll drop you back off at your house. Because that would just be weird if you went into someone else's, right? Foreshadowing. Episode number 21, Relaxing at the Ranch. As a kid, I always enjoyed looking at nice homes. I remember going for walks around the neighborhood, checking out all the fancy dwellings and fantasizing about living in one someday. As I've gotten older, I've come to realize expensive places are just more of a headache than anything. The simpler, the better. Give me a TV, a bed, a nice little backyard to enjoy a few beverages on a sunny afternoon and I'm good. It's nice to dream though. But even as a small child, looking at those beautiful homes, I knew if I wanted one of my own, I was going to have to earn it. I mean, it's not like you can just see a place you'd like, walk in and make yourself at home, right? Or maybe you can. Let's find out, shall we? Okay. Today's story will revolve around a free spirit a man who marches to the beat of his own drum. It's extremely difficult not to like this guy. Well, let's even just start with his name. Christopher Hiscock. Or it may be pronounced Hiscock, like a hissing cockroach. I choose to go with Hiscock, as it rolls off the tongue a little easier. Mr. Hiscock is a 33-year-old man living in Porter's Lake, Nova Scotia. It's important to note that, previous to this week-long escapade that we'll get into... Christopher has no criminal record. Nothing. Nada. I find this strange because his behavior comes across as very erratic, spontaneous, brazen, ballsy, if you will. So I'm not really sure if he had some sort of mental break or epiphany here, if something triggered a change in him, or if he's been like this all along. Of course, there are lots of people out there making questionable choices, breaking laws, and on paper, they still look like upstanding citizens. Just because you have no criminal record... Doesn't mean you aren't indulging in criminal activity. Just means you haven't been caught. Porter's Lake, where Christopher is at, is in the province of Nova Scotia. And it's just a small rural community in Halifax. With a population of a little over 3,000 people residing there, there's not a heck of a lot to do job-wise. Most of its residents have to commute to other nearby towns and cities for work. Looking up Porter's Lake on TripAdvisor, I searched things to do and only two things popped up. Porter's Lake Provincial Park, and Crowbar Lake Hiking Trails. 
Nice place if you're into nature and going for walks and getting fresh air. Beautiful scenery. Not so great for much else. As for fine dining, there is a Chinese food restaurant called Fancy Chopsticks. It averages a 3.5 rating. Real quick, I'll read a one-star review from an unsatisfied customer. It's titled, Don't Waste Your Time. Waste is spelled W-A-I-S-T. Food is greasy and not authentic at all. Wait times are crazy and way overpriced. Never again. Way was spelt with five A's. It sounds like a busy joint, so it can't be that bad. I feel like the name alone, Fancy Chopsticks, warrants at least one visit if you're in the area. Okay, so this is the place where Christopher Hiscock is coming from. Now the date when this all begins is September 13th, 2015. I quickly checked to see, hoping it was Friday the 13th, but no, it was a Sunday. Damn it. Christopher is working for a swimming pool company. He started this job sometime in May, and it was now mid-September. He knew that this seasonal work was coming to an end very shortly, and that's when he decided he was going to travel out west for work. At least that was what Christopher's defense lawyer, Sheldon Tate, later explained in court. I mean, it kind of adds up. I'm not sure what type of work Christopher was doing for this pool company. If he was helping build pools, that makes sense with the cold weather approaching. But if he was closing pools, this is the busiest time of the year. I have a pool, and once September hits, the nights start to really cool down, and unless you have a pool heater, you're getting ready to close things up for the season sometime in September, if not early October. So he would have decided to leave during peak money-making season. As for going out west for work, that's something you hear people say quite frequently. Oh yeah, you should go out west. They're begging for workers out there, eh? You'll make a killing, bud. Something I've always heard growing up. No doubt that people in the West probably say the same thing. You gotta go out east. So many jobs out there. And everybody's lazy. They're begging for hard workers like you, bud. The grass is always greener on the other side, I guess. His cock's adventure begins sometime on September 13th when he decides to steal some wheels and escape from Porter's Lake and move on to greener pastures. I mean, you gotta have a nice set of wheels if you're gonna cover any decent ground. Canada's a big place, man. It's around 11 p.m. that night that RCMP Constable Mark Skinner receives word of the stolen vehicle, a 2014 Ford Escape. See what I did there? He escaped from Porter's Lake. He stole a Ford Escape. Ah, it's clever. You know it. It takes them some time, but a couple days later, police catch up to his cock in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. The Sioux. Shout out to my dad. That's his stomping grounds. I believe he is their number one ranked Scrabble player over there. I looked up the distance from Porter's Lake to Sault Ste. Marie. He made it pretty far. It's about a 2,200 kilometer trip, which is 1,367 miles, if that helps you. This would take approximately 22 hours of steady driving. That's without piss breaks, stopping for food, or catching some Z's. They hold on to him until September 17th. He goes to court pleads guilty for the vehicle theft, and is hit with a $400 fine, and then is sent on his merry way. I have to say that this info was from a CBC article, which is a very legit news source over here, but they were the only ones I could find reporting this specific vehicle theft. Other sources just say he drove to Sault Ste. Marie, leading you to believe that it was his own vehicle. But this makes sense, going with the rest of the story, and they have this info from a police officer in Porter's Lake. 
Later on when, spoiler alert, his cock gets busted for more law breaking, they say he has no criminal record at that time. So this vehicle theft, perhaps the paperwork got lost, or a filing error maybe? People make mistakes. But that's why other articles reporting on this didn't latch on to this specific detail, I assume. Most people reporting the story just like to give the juicier details, get that quick headline and move on. Which is why I come across quite a few discrepancies in the stories I cover. Comes with the territory of unraveling small crimes that rarely make the front page of even small local shit newspapers. Back to his cock. He's out, baby. Freedom. But he's not where he wants to be. This is not what he had in mind for his final destination. Low on funds and with no vehicle to get around. This is terrible. What's a guy to do? Desperate times call for desperate measures. So he steals a truck. If his cock drove his own vehicle all the way to Sault Ste. Marie, why would he ditch it? I think we should all be 100% on board that this is now the second vehicle he's taken. And now our boy Hiscock has a new set of wheels again, and he's ready for a road trip. He's headed out west where there's jobs aplenty. So he takes his newfound bucket of bolts out west to British Columbia, and he's going to make it all the way to Little Fort. Looking this up on a map, the journey from Sault Ste. Marie to Little Fort is about 3,189 kilometers, which is 1,981 miles. That's a straight 34-hour drive, again with no piss breaks or... Stopping to check out the scenery or getting gas, grabbing a Red Bull, a bag of chips, and a couple scratch tickets at the gas station. Anyways. Oh yeah, the fastest route they showed actually cuts through the U.S. through the tip of North Dakota. Likely our guy stayed in Canada, so he probably took a longer route, which means more sleep, or at the very least, more stops to grab, I don't know, a pack of smokes, maybe a coffee and some beef jerky. That's how I travel. In style. His cock makes it to this area, Little Fort, which according to Wikipedia, that's right, I harvest my info from only the finest of sources. They describe Little Fort as a small community on the west bank of North Thompson River in the interior of British Columbia, Canada. It is some 93 kilometers, or 58 miles, north of Kamloops. Now that we're all on the same page here and know exactly where we are in the world, let's continue. His cock is traveling along the Yellowhead Highway. It's either September 18th or 19th at this point. And he looks over and he sees a cool ranch. I'm not talking about my favorite brand of Doritos either. He sees a beautiful ranch with horses and all that. And he just falls in love with the place right then and there. Simply breathtaking. So he pulls off the highway and decides to go check it out. And this is where his cock's actions start to get a little crazy. Taking off out west with no money in search of work, stealing a couple of vehicles to make his road trip go a little smoother. I mean, who wants to hitchhike in this day and age? I can get behind all that. But what he does going forward is just downright cuckoo. He strolls up to the place and walks right in the front door. He would later say the door was open, so he walked in. I'm not sure if open means the door was unlocked or it was literally wide open. Either way, he probably shouldn't have done it. I gotta point out that no one's home at the moment, but this isn't an abandoned ranch. People clearly live here. There's pictures on the wall. There's horses outside, for crying out loud. Regardless, Christopher just decides to make himself at home. And he really embraces the ranch lifestyle. It kind of comes natural to him. He's not a lazy guy, either. If he stays in someone's home, he's gonna pull his weight. 
He does a load of laundry. There's also cats in the house, so he feeds them. And then, well, he thinks those horses are probably hungry too. So he goes around and feeds them some hay. He prepares himself a nice meal, does some self-grooming. He's been out on the road for a few days. He's been in jail and court. Probably hasn't had much time for self-care. So he grabs himself a hot shower. He finds a razor in the bathroom there, so he gives himself a nice shave. He even brushes his teeth with a toothbrush he finds on the counter. Gross. He then gets the fireplace going and cozies up to the warm fire after a long and eventful day. (sighs) I guess he found someone's diary in a bedroom earlier, so this is when he decides to write an entry of his own in there about how he's settling into life at the ranch. It's pretty fantastic. And here it is, his cock diary quote. Today was my first full day at the ranch. I fed the cats and horses. So much I can do here. I have to remind myself to just relax and take my time. I don't feel alone here. I guess with two cats and three horses, it's kind of hard to be alone. Last night I had a fire in the house. It was so peaceful. I slept like a little baby. I saw a picture in the basement on the wall of a man holding and weighing fish on a boat. Looking at him, I realized we look a lot alike, but I think I'm more handsome. End quote. It's now later in the evening, and Christopher is relaxing fireside. He's having a cup of coffee. He's got his feet up. He's got some meat he took out of the freezer. That's thawing on the counter. And he's just chilling out on the couch watching some TV. Sounds great. But unfortunately, this new life he's carved out for himself is going to come to an abrupt halt. He is rudely interrupted when the homeowners show up, and of course they aren't too happy. More shocked and confused than anything, they run back out of the ranch, and the timing is impeccable here in this very small town. A police cruiser just happens to be driving by, and they flag him down, and just like that, Christopher, Wayne, Gerald, Hiscox, Brief stint on the ranch is over, and he is taken into police custody. His cock has his day in court on Monday, September 28, 2015, so about a week after his crazy escapade. His defense lawyer, Sheldon Tate, tried to downplay what Christopher did. I love lawyers, and here's what he had to say about the trip out west our boy had in search of work. Sheldon Tate, lawyer, quote, He quickly found that his funds were less than adequate, and that led him to using the vehicle from Sault Ste. Marie to get out here. By the time he got to BC, you can imagine, he was without any funds at all, and he saw an unoccupied home. End quote. Sounds reasonable. I like how he said he used the vehicle from Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he stole it, or maybe borrowed it without permission would have been a better term. I got another Sheldon Tate quote from an interview he later did with BuzzFeed Canada. He tried to explain away the whole situation from Christopher's point of view, saying, quote, He was hungry, and he needed a roof over his head at the time. He was trying to be neighborly, even though it wasn't something he had permission to do, which is why he put out hay for the horses, fed the pigs, and did some chores around the house, End quote. Like a good little Canadian boy, Christopher said he was very sorry, and, quote, I made a lot of mistakes. There's really no excuses for it, end quote. I like that, taking ownership of what he's done. Hilariously, in court, his cock was still gushing about how much he loved that ranch. Quote, beautiful ranch, gorgeous. I was driving and I just turned in. Beautiful place. 
What a guy. He did eventually end up pleading guilty to being unlawfully in a dwelling house and possession of stolen property. The stolen property was the vehicle from Sault Ste. Marie, not anything from the house. The judge, the Honorable Christopher Cleveley, he's all right. He took it fairly easy on our boy here. Christopher's got to stick together, you know? He gave him one year probation, and he's not allowed to contact the owners of the ranch or the owner of the vehicle he stole from, Sault Ste. Marie. Fair enough. I don't know why he'd want to. He also had to give a DNA sample to the National Criminal Database. Everyone should have to do that, in my opinion. It just makes sense. The punishment is almost identical to another Canadian case we covered in Episode 5, titled, Don't Come Around Here No More. That story followed Alexis Duchesne, another Canadian who was entering strangers' homes unannounced in Waterloo, Ontario. Strange stuff. Okay, this last bit in court leaves things on a sad note. The judge asked our man, Hiscock, about his future, and he didn't have much of a game plan, stating, quote, I really have nowhere to go. The woods is a good place, I suppose. There's a lot of fish out there. End quote. I really enjoyed learning about Christopher Hiscock's shenanigans. He's a free spirit, a little rough around the edges, but seems like a nice enough fella. He's just different, and seems to want to lead a simple life, but just doesn't have the means to do so. I was concerned about him and how things left off. It's now five, six years later, so I hope he's doing well. I'm at least happy to report that he has no criminal charges since the ones we just covered, and I couldn't find his obituary, so hopefully he's alive and well and has found where he belongs in this sometimes cold, complicated, and cruel, cruel world. And on that note, we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 21, Relaxing at the Ranch. Let's dedicate this one to our dude Christopher Hiscock. Hey, if any of you out there own a ranch and need a helper, a ranch hand if you will, I know a guy. Let me know and we'll try to get in touch with him, get him all set up. All right, good stuff. As usual, I want to thank Steffi for voicing the disclaimer, the operator for hooking me up with the sweet, sweet theme music for the show, and my boo for editing this episode. Okay, it's that time again, folks, where we hear from you, the listener, about your brushes with criminal activity. This one comes from my sister from another mister, Gigi, and it's a good one. All right, sing it with me, people. Let's get criminal, criminal. I want to get criminal. Hey, Leroy, it's Glenda Lee, but I go by Gigi. The story where my first got arrested at 16 years old. I'm smoking, I'm doing laundry with my mother. It's a Sunday. Every Sunday we do laundry with each other. Um, I'm standing in Brooklyn on a main avenue, 4th Avenue, right? There's a laundromat there. I, I have a joint rolled in white paper, white bamboo paper. Now I go outside. My mom, I'm telling my mom I'm going to go outside, right? I have a white cigarette. It's a Marlboro Light. Now, the whole cigarette is white from filter to tip. And being that I have a white rolled joint, I think I'm cute with the joint in between my index finger and my middle finger. You know how you hold the cigarette. And then I have the Marlboro light between my middle finger and my ring finger. So I'm thinking it's going to be inconspicuous because nobody's going to see it. I'm worried about NYPD blue and white cars not seeing me. Now, I'm on the main avenue smoking like that, like I'm slick. 
I noticed a red van just sitting there, whatever, on the corner. I didn't know. Now, back in those days, there was an undercover team looking for buy and bust and whatever, undercover drug buys and shit. I'm not into it. I'm not up on it. Now, I see this. It's like a kidnapper van. You know, those big red vans with no windows and shit. I finish my joint. I throw it out. I still got the cigarette in my hand. Take my last two drags. I throw that out. All of a sudden, this man comes up to me and pulls a badge out of his T-shirt. He's like, yo, I'm an undercover detective. I just saw you smoking a joint. Um, How old are you? I'm 16 at the time. I look at him. I'm like, uh, 14? Because I know he can't arrest me if I tell him 14. Now his partner comes up to me. He's like, you're 14? I look mad young in the face. So I'm like, yeah, 14. He's like, where's your mother at? What are you doing? I said, oh, I'm doing laundry. My mother's uh, working. She works in Manhattan. He's like, yeah, there's nobody here to verify that. You know, because um, if you're 14, I can't arrest you, but I have to verify your age. You don't have ID? And I tell him, no, I'm 14, I don't have ID, but I'm 16 and I do have ID. Now come, now my mom sees what's going on. I didn't realize she could see out the fucking window of the laundromat. She sees two grown men talking to me, so she comes out. She goes, what the fuck's going on? Oh, man, my I pull my head back up to the sky. I'm like, oh, shit. He goes, what can I help you with, ma'am? She goes, that's my daughter. What are you doing? They look at me and they show her their badges. They're like, oh, we're undercover the narcotics. Like, you know, she was smoking a joint. That's your daughter? How old is she? What's her name? She's 16 years old. Her name is Glenda. They're like, oh, um, she's 16 years old. She told us she was 14. It's like, yeah, she's 16. What was she doing? She was smoking a joint. Um, Do you want us to let her go to you? I mean, we, technically, we could arrest her. Yeah, no, take her ass to jail, blah, blah, blah. So this bitch threw me right under the fucking bus. And I didn't even know they were standing there the whole fucking time staring at me at the corner thinking I'm low, and they staring at me. So she straight threw me under the bus, they put me in handcuffs, read me my rights, and I'm riding around with them for the next four hours while they're picking up crackheads, heroin addicts, busting drug dealers, all types of shit. But I wound up staying, spending the night in the precinct instead of having to go into Rikers Island because they just like kind of took pity on me because I only had a joint. Instead of actually having narcotics on me. So that was basically the first time I got arrested. If my mom would have had a little bit of pity on me, I wouldn't have went to jail that time. And that's my story of being my first time arrested. And 29 times later, I'm 35 years old, still on the run. Can't tell you what city I'm living in now, but I'm still on the run, baby. Oh, man. Still on the run, baby. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Gigi. Uh, that was awesome. And hey, you may want to change the battery in your smoke detector, though. It sounded like it's getting low. I'd love to hear some more of your stories, if you're willing to share them, girl. And yeah, that was rough. I guess that was some tough love from your mom there. I don't know, I'm not really a fan of that method. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. My email, once again, is excusemethatsillegal at gmail.com. Please send me your stories of illegal activity or brushes with the law. And just like my girl Gigi here, you too could be on the show. Before we get out of here, I have a promo to play for you. It's for a true crime podcast called Invisible Choir, and it's quickly becoming a favorite of mine. It's intense, and the storytelling is truly amazing. I've been gobbling these episodes up for a while. I'll let Michael tell you all about his kick-ass podcast in a moment. As for myself, I'll be hanging out with you all in another 10 days. Peace.
All right, take it away, Michael. I'm Michael Ojibwe, host of Invisible Choir, a true crime podcast that explores the most heinous murders through investigative storytelling and primary source audio. We'll take you on an unforgettable emotional journey to the crime scenes themselves as we explore the individual and community impact behind some truly horrendous and often preventable crimes. They slammed the kid on the ground and stabbing their baby out here in the middle of the They're stabbing their baby? Yes, he's dead on the ground outside. And they're yelling. With 911 calls, police interrogations, and actual recordings. I shot my wife in the temple of her head. I thought I killed her. And um, I put her in the freezer. I checked on her at night. I did. These are the stories of the victims of under-investigated crimes. Their voices crying out in unison from beyond the grave, for they are the Invisible Choir. Download Invisible Choir today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.